1: We're by loss. terms and conditions, 18
0: plus. This is In the Trenches with Greg Cook and Indy Kalu on Sports Talk 790.
2: The Rockets. The Rockets. Rockets basketball lives here. Welcome to the land where it just don't stop. Welcome in, welcome back in the trenches this Would You Rather Wednesday. And like we do every single Wednesday during this segment, we catch up with Chris Landry for our LandryFootball.com report. And the playoffs are underway, so no better person to talk a little NFL football with than our main man, Chris Landry. Chris, how are you doing? It's Indian Greg.
1: I'm doing well. Happy New Year, gentlemen.
2: Happy New Year. Hope you enjoyed it. And let's get right into it. The playoffs are set. And something about that NFC side of the playoff bracket, it doesn't get me that much excited. What am I missing out on, Chris?
1: Well, I don't know. Um, I don't know that you are. I think this first round is going to be interesting. Uh, I don't know that everyone is assuming because they went to the Super Bowl last year that the Falcons could turn it on. I'm not sure that I agree with that. You're facing a Rams team that's young, but it's been better. Um, and then you've got New Orleans not playing well the past two three weeks. Carolina, same thing. Uh, favor New Orleans at home, but who knows? Uh, we'll, you know, we'll see this week uh, how it'll play out. Uh, I think some of the games, if you look at them, uh, you got some teams that, that doesn't look like consistent playoffs teams, Tennessee, Buffalo, uh, Atlanta. So I think this first round, often uh, we get some, uh, some decisive uh, games.
0: Chris, you know, we're looking at the coaching carousels that's going on, and there's just been some amazing things happening to me. Number one, probably on the list, Marvin Lewis getting an extension. What was your thoughts on that? Well,
1: you know, the Bengals do some unique things. Um, <laughs> he was without a contract. So the assumption was, including me, is that you know, probably, you know, last year people thought they were going to let Marvin Lewis go. And I'm thinking, there's no way Mike Brown is eating the contract. He's just not doing it. In fact, I would say that Marvin's going to be there two more years unless Marvin walks away because he just gave him a two-year extension. There's a good relationship there. They do things in a in a unique way. Um, he's kind of a you know an inside the box thinker as an owner, and not outside the box. And so, I, listen, I think Marvin's done a really good job stabilizing things. He's obviously been the second longest tenured head coach in the league, but I wouldn't expect anything more than um, the same of what they have.
2: When you look at uh, the you know what's going on in Oakland, is it obvious that they're going to hire John Gruden? Because I know they can't just say that they've already filled in that spot because there's the Rooney rule and there's other things that they have to do. But when you just look at you know, them firing, which I was surprised at, Jack Del Rio, John Gruden now saying that he's interested in coaching. Is it one of those situations where you are expecting John Gruden to be the next coach?
1: I am. I mean, certainly all signs pointing to that, that John has been overt in his desire to get back and certainly with the Raiders. and. It's pretty obvious that Mark Davis has always been infatuated with John Gruden, even when his dad owned the team. So it just – and and listen, it's – let's not uh, underestimate the fact that they're going to Vegas soon. And whether this is going to be a good football move or not, it's certainly going to be a splash move and splash and Vegas go hand in hand. I think that has a lot to do with it. I think Jack did – I'm surprised as well to some degree, but – jack really set himself up last offseason i thought he made a couple of coaching staff moves getting rid of the guys that really cost them um and obviously the 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 struggles this year but i think this move was made with the idea that that we got john gruden and we're going to get john gruden and i think that if it wouldn't be the case i think that jack would have probably survived another year
0: talking with chris landry chris Everybody had Kirk Cousins going to rejoin Kyle Shanahan out in San Francisco. We all know the success story that Jimmy Garoppolo's had to date. Looks like now there's going to be two suitors for him. The Washington Redskins still in the hunt. They can... Franchising for 34 million, or put the transition tag on him. But now it looks like the Denver Broncos are going to jump in that race. How do you see this working out?
1: Well, I I think that John Elway is uh, is gun shy knowing that. Uh, he hadn't been able to fix the quarterback situation through the draft. He struck out in a couple of cases, three actually. So I think he's he feels uh, like he's got to get a veteran in there, and there's not a lot of options. So. Uh, you got Alex Smith, you know, potentially in a move. You got Eli Manning, which probably is not going to move. So that just creates again a greater leverage situation for Kirk Cousins. I think they'll go hard after him if, as you mentioned, the Redskins don't tag him. I think the tag is still a likely possibility. Um, to me, I think he's worth putting together a nice deal. The, the, the issue is, is they've. I think the Redskins a long time ago screwed this up. I thought they could have had him for a fraction of what he's worth now because the longer he plays and the longer the quarterback environment uh, kind of plays out, he's getting more and more leverage. E- even if his play hasn't increased significantly, the his value has within the league. So I think that's cost him more and more money. So it's going to be costly wherever he goes for the Redskins uh, or the Broncos. The Redskins may just tag him for another year and, and, and punt the decision for another year, which – you know, would be amazing, but it's possible.
2: Speaking of Denver and their quarterback position, Paxton Lynch, I mean, is he already considered a bust? I mean, this is a guy that's only been there for two years. So why is there this thought that he cannot be that guy?
1: I I think that internally, um, first of all, when he came out of Memphis, we all knew that he was the Ross of the bunch. I mean, he very little quarterback in his background. I think he needs a lot more work. Um, the problem is, this team is poorly constructed. It's gotten old. It relied so much on the quarterback, kind of covering things up offensively for the p- past few years. Then you put, you know, what are you going to do? You're going to put a Trevor Simeon, you're going to put a Paxton Lynch, and you think, you know, in their eyes, they thought, well, you know, Peyton wasn't real effective in that last year we won a Super Bowl. We can do the same thing with a young guy. Well, that's crazy because Peyton, while physically limited, from the neck up was a real big advantage that they had checking in and out of the right plays. Young quarterbacks have completely floundered, and it's exposed their inability to run the football, protect for the passer. It's just been a poorly constructed team, so I don't think Paxton's had a real chance to really be developed or to succeed. Uh, but inside, he hasn't really picked things up very well because he is so new to the, the quarterback position. Um, I think they just misevaluated. Uh, what he was and who he was and certainly misevaluated how that quarterback needed to be developed uh, throughout the past couple of years, and it's why the team has just completely collapsed. And I think they've got a long way to go to be a good team, even if they were to sign a guy like the Kirk Cousins.
0: Chris, we were talking about the 15 finalists for the Pro Football Hall of Fame class of 2018. There's, first, there's only four players to make it their first year of eligibility, Ray Lewis, Randy Moss, Brian Urlacher, and Steve Hutchison. Terrell Owens, number two in receiving, number three in receiving touchdowns, still has not been selected. But N.D. and I still – we think that Randy Moss will probably go in before T.O. Is that right or is that wrong?
1: I think it very well could be. I mean, you know, people who vote on on stats alone um, may look at it differently. But to me, in terms of who transformed the game more, there's no doubt it was Randy Moss and how he – Affected defenses and how you play, you can, I think, make a strong case that they both deserve to be in. In my view, they do. But if I were, you know, had to rank them, uh, I would put Moss ahead of them.
2: Let me ask you something that we typically don't. I feel like we do you an injustice because LandryFootball.com does not just cover professional sports, but y'all do a great job with the college football and the biggest game of the year coming up on Monday. Just wanted to get your thoughts on Alabama-Georgia.
1: Well, you know, a couple of things jump out at me. I think for Georgia, this is going to have to be a similar game plan to the one they had against uh, Auburn in the SEC championship game. Um, good defense, gonna, you're not going to be able to run the football on Alabama like you did against Oklahoma. So it's going to be all about your ability to be able to work Alabama's defense, spread them out, the horizontal passing game, get the ball out of the hands of the quarterback quickly, and can you make enough plays in the passing game. They've got a good pocket quarterback, a freshman in Fromm, who's done a great job for Alabama, and Jalen Hurts. They've got a more mobile quarterback that can run the football. Um a couple of things that also jump out at me is it's a quick turnaround. It's not like having two or three weeks to prepare for a bowl game. But with that said, you also have two coaches that know one another very well. It's the same system. It's They run the same things. They call things the same. There's not going to be many surprises. So I think it ought to be a great one. Certainly Alabama has been in this position before, uh, but I think Georgia has a pretty good shot. I think it's a toss-up game.
0: Chris, let me ask something. Do you think that the fact that both teams are from the SEC and from the south is detrimental to college football and that it doesn't have a more wide-ranging appeal to the nation overall?
1: Well, I think that people that are not SEC fans or you know would rather see their own teams. You know, to me college football has always been a, um, a regional sport followed in every region. Right. I mean, it's 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 a national sport, but people, I, we're better, you know, uh, my, my daughter's prettier than your daughter type attitude, you know. So it's just one of those cases where, I mean, to me, these teams, I thought they got the four right teams in, right. and I think the two teams earned their spot there. Now, is that going to make people excited in the Big Ten country, the Pac-12? No, but – I mean, to me, what do you want to do? I mean, the teams earn their right to be there. I think they clearly are the best. But I think that – I don't think that that should mean in any way that there should be a change. If you want to make it to where you you only get conference champions in, well, you know, you're not going to get the four best if that's what you want to do. Do it. I'm a believer, always have been, play the bowl games, pick four teams after the bowls. That would give you a better view in my view. I've always felt that was the way to go. But, no, I – I think it will, Greg, but, you know, too bad. I mean, I think they've earned their right to be there.
0: Ooh, there'd be some mad Central Florida people.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. Well, there's no question about it. There's no doubt about it. And, and listen, that'd be another question is, you know, would Central Florida have a chance to be selected as one of the four teams after the ballgames? Certainly a better chance, but, you know, that's the thing. Do you look at one game or do you look at the body of work, Central Florida, the group of five schools? They don't play a schedule that is commensurate of necessarily being warranted. Let's take Houston last year. Had Houston run the table last year, beating Oklahoma? Um, You know, you could make a strong case for them, hey, having an unbeaten Houston in the same spot as Central Florida, but you have a win over Oklahoma, you got more of a case. But when your best win is South Florida and Memphis – Um, You haven't really done winning. You guys know this. You've played it. Beating one team on a given day is different than having to go through the gauntlet of a tough schedule. uh, And you are really in some ways comparing uh, apples to, to oranges.
2: All right, well, when you compare your website to others, it's not fair. It's apples to oranges. What website should people be going to to get the best when it comes to football?
1: Well, check us out at LandryFootball.com. We break down the college game, the pro game, from inside the film room. Follow us on Twitter at LandryFootball. If you like football, I think you'll love LandryFootball.com. We we bring it from a coaching and a scouting perspective. So we'll have all these playoff games broken down, the national championship broken down, free agency, the draft. Uh, We're all working on all that for
2: you. All right, that's our voice, that's our buddy, the voice of Chris Landry of LandryFootball.com. Enjoy these playoff games, and we look forward to catching up next week.
1: Hey, thank you so much, guys.
0: Take care. Happy New Year, Chris. You too. All
2: right, appreciate that. I'll tell you what, as many suggestions as, as we've heard, I haven't heard that one. We might have to kick that around. Step into the
0: world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannoli